Welcome back to the Outreach Project family. This is Josh. This is Zach. We are joined with... Kyle. This is Kyle Bauer, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome, Kyle. Thanks, guys. Yeah, we had the pleasure of meeting you on our winter retreat for the youth. That was a joy. As you know, it was a bit of a surprise. Yeah. Yeah, tell us about that surprise, so, how that arose. It was... My work schedule these days is work from home Mondays, Thursdays, Fridays, and in okay. the office Tuesdays and Wednesdays. So it was just a typical Friday, working from home, and uh, around lunchtime, I got a call, a number I didn't recognize, and I pick it up, and it's Dana. She's <laughs> like, hey, uh, <laughs> your son's coming with us this afternoon, right? And we've had a bit of an issue. You know, some one of the volunteers came down sick, as you mm-hmm. guys know, and uh, they needed somebody to be Johnny on the spot, so... That was March Madness opening weekend. It was. And I have to say, I was a little bit salty thinking like, man, do I want to go do this and miss out on all the basketball? <laughs> and then the Boilermakers went down in the first game anyways. I would have been absolutely miserable watching. <laughs> so it was definitely for the best. Good. Good. That was total act of faith and obedience in that. That was. You know, we... We've done Sunday school classes with, like, my two daughters okay. um, who are younger. They're still elementary educa- age. Colston, he's sixth grade now. And we had never really gotten a chance to do that with him. And it felt like a perfect opportunity to, you know, to approach mm-hmm. him in this setting, you know, the church family and see how he interacts with his friends and, you know, just enjoy that. Yeah. What was your overall thoughts of that trip? It was awesome awesome facilities awesome group good organization um just a good balance i i feel like doing one of those things once a year is not quite enough you know for for kids that age like it's just such a good group and community to come together and Mm -hmm. build relationships and do a little fellowship and discipleship so yeah and it's a great um way for a lot of these young young guys young ladies to invite friends as well um i know many people have came to faith from those trips as well so i mean yeah fun faith food <laughs> parties who can who could not like it so yeah i i have to say that one evening that became a dance rave was a pretty unique experience you guys what do you mean one evening we did it twice <laughs> <laughs> we only got the invite once but <clears throat> that was you awesome invite him the first night we didn't know him dude that's like, true <laughs> that's true <laughs> Plus, we were on the other side of the camp. Yeah. It was like a half a mile walk. So. Yeah. Was the walk worth it? Yes. <laughs> well, yeah, that was awesome getting to know you. And then from then, we've just seen each other at church. And every few Monday nights when you're in some meetings and we're here, we run into each other. But it's been awesome getting to know you more. And actually, fun fact, it turns out Kyle's wife taught me in kindergarten. I- <laughs> I did not know that. And I didn't either. She <laughs> said you were in her first class, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I was a little little shy kid, just what happened? learning my ABCs and <laughs> tying my shoes in Miss Bower's class. <laughs> yeah. She only taught there 2008 through 2011. So she had three years in as a teacher. Before we had Colston and she started staying home. Okay. So I got. You're one of the blessed few. I got lucky and let's put it out there. I think she got lucky too. So. (laughs) Yep. 
But yeah, tell us a bit about yourself, Kyle. What do you do for fun? Who's in your family? Um, born, bred, and raised in Columbia City, Indiana. We grew up downtown, uh, you know, where the center's at now. Yeah. We were actually just catty corner from that across from the alley. Okay. And I've got an older sister, <clears throat> Rachel, an older brother, Carl, and a younger sister, Leslie. Uh, grew up, great parents, great family. My parents, uh, you know, they started a business when we were younger, so that dad worked a lot. He was always a real hard worker, and he, he tried to instill that in us as well. Um, I... You know, one of those downtown Columbia City kids. You know, Carl and I were on our bikes all the time, running around, meeting with friends. Okay. Like that was those were the good old days. Like you, you can't do that anymore, where you just you the kids go and do. You know, like they're not in the house. Nobody knows where they're at. Pre cell phones, all that stuff. I feel like we just you know we're blessed to grow up like that, and it's a little more confusing in today's day and age. Mm-hmm. But uh, it is what it is. So um, went through. Middle school had uh, you know, friends that we started doing stupid stuff, you know, getting ourselves into trouble. And uh, we typical. were raised in the church. It, my parents took us to church regularly. We went to Dumphy Missionary Church, but uh, I don't know. Fell, fell in with the crowd there, where we just didn't make great decisions at a relatively young age, and uh, we ended up getting ourselves into a more trouble than anybody should at that age, uh, which was a great warning sign. And as I looked back on it and reflected on it over the years, like kind of God's intervention in my life. And that was definitely part of my faith story. It was you know, being, uh, you know, in the church, kind of understanding it all, but not really mm-hmm. buying into it. And then having a bit of a rude awakening, you know, at that young age and realizing there is a better purpose to pursue and, you know, to get serious about it um and shortly after that so that was kind of late middle school we went to high school and i met alicia as okay. a freshman at the at columbia city high school Columbia city the old building of course yep uh, she needed my help tutoring in algebra class <laughs> wow mr fricky is our teacher <laughs> 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 and um we started we started you know kind of dating or whatever Late our freshman year, uh, was one of God's best blessings for our you know our lives was we just found each other at that age and stuck stuck together through high mm-hmm. school. Um, I went to Purdue the first year it was a really tough year because she went to IPFW that year, yeah. and we were away doing a, a little bit of a distance thing, which ended up being me coming home all the time <laughs> on the weekends, uh, and then we just decided to get married. Our sophomore year halfway through our sophomore year she transferred down to Purdue and we uh, finished out college and married housing there and um, didn't have a whole lot of that like fun college experience not because of being married to be clear (laughs) but uh, I was pretty serious studying stuff yeah you know I studied actuarial science and statistics and uh, you want to be an actuary you have to take all these exams Mm mm-hmm and they're pretty rigorous. They're brutal, actually. Uh, so they, they study. I studied for those just all the time. Um, but went pretty well past those at, uh, you know, not in school, but then they proceed in through your career, your early career, you're still doing them. So uh, once I started at Swiss Re, right out of college, mm-hmm. uh, kept doing those and got them done in the next two or three years after that. 
and then you know it was time to just kind of be professionally focused and start you know kind of doing fun stuff with Alicia uh, as a young married couple and we had a, some great years there you just you know with our friends the Shivelys, Eameses, Moores and others you know just all kind of small town Columbia City families yeah, that sweet. have you know stuck around the area um, but it wasn't too shortly thereafter that we actually decided to start trying and had Colston and uh you know, from there we've you know had Abigail, who's two years younger than Colston, Elsie, who's two years younger than Abigail, and I I will say, I was very professionally focused uh, through my adolescence, my young adulthood, still still am, although I pared it back a fair amount, but um, you know was just blessed by God with kind of traits and good parentage and that sort of thing to where mm-hmm. I was able to to perform well in a work setting and uh, move up the ranks, if you will. And at Swiss Re, they're headquartered. It's a big company, biggest global reinsurance company in the world. Insurance is pretty boring stuff, so I don't want to go too much farther <laughs> into it. But they got, they've got you know, presences all around the world, mm-hmm. and uh, the headquarters for the Americas are out just north of New York City. So they really wanted us to go out there, and uh, we decided to try a little adventure and have at it. Yeah. Yeah. It was... Uh, we're not really big city folks. I would say we're the opposite of that, but we, we did um, moved out to Connecticut right on the New York, Connecticut border and a small town called Ridgefield. Lovely place, beautiful area, uh, totally different culture from the Midwest. And we tried our hardest to plug in, you know, buy a house and get to know people. Um, it was some success, but we just never really fit in. Mm-hmm. So. Um, there was a season for me there of having great success at work and having great momentum and trajectory and all that stuff, but finding like, you know, less and less fulfillment from it. Um, so as is actually before COVID even started, like we, we kind of decided, Alicia and I, we were just, we wanted to get our kids back to family okay. and, uh, get back to a culture that was more comfortable. So we decided to move back and started that process and uh, effectively failed to relocate due to a pretty brutal housing market out there at at that point in time. But also at work, uh, one of the executive leaders, he just, he kind of came in and he he heard about the whole plan and actually stopped it. So he he was not the nicest guy in the world. Yeah, dang. uh, we ended up sticking out there another couple of years, even after we decided we really wanted to come back. And then COVID happened. And that, that be kind of evolved corporate America so far toward the hey, your physical location doesn't really matter that much. Um, and in particular with Swiss, I mean, we had the office still in Fort Wayne, so it's not even like I was asking to go remote, like I was going to go to yeah. the Fort Wayne office again where I started. And we'd had a new CEO come into the Americas in that time span. So instead of blocking me, he actually, he, he was very supportive of it. Nice. So we moved back here early 2021. Okay. And uh, at that point, still with Swissery, decided Columbia City for sure, not Fort Wayne, even though I was working there. And that we wanted to try to find a different lifestyle, uh, something where... We'd have a little bit of ground and you know, be able to build something outside of career, like mm-hmm. something as a family, like a farm, if you will. 
and uh, we had a real frantic, stressful period for a few months there looking for a place to buy. My parents were gracious, and they put us up uh, at their place just east of town, but uh, we searched for, what, four months, and it's a roller coaster ride. I don't know if you've experienced that personally, you know, trying to buy a house and, you know, get out from you know, your parents' place when you're married with kids and it's not exactly a comfortable, <laughs> you know, kind of yeah. uh, setup. So um, we were blessed again by God in that because, uh, you know, we, we ultimately were able to purchase uh, Rex Schrader's ranch north of town, mm-hmm. Rex Seniors. And um, we have, you know, tried to, to step into that and run a cattle business, you know, and oh boy, yes. do other animals and gardening and chickens and all kinds of stuff but it it is a great blessing you know as Alicia was baptized in the pond there and I you know grew up going to my grandma's house like basically the neighbor uh but always always wondering what that place was never really knowing what it was and Mm -hmm. never really dreaming of owning it but worked out really well yeah that's that's sweet that's crazy crazy story your boss didn't let you come back and then COVID kind of blessed you which you know didn't bless many and then that relocation that's that's cool yeah yeah it's uh it was a huge change for me to go from a pretty selfish mindset of you know career focus and let's just find you know personal success and glory to now there's there's a better way there's a more godly way you know, there's more important things in life, but God made me a specific way. He made mm-hmm. me as a competitive person, you know, to go do that kind of stuff and shine. And, um, you know, so I, I never really felt guilty going about that lifestyle and being focused like that, but uh, it was empty. I mean, it, it, there really truly was emptiness. And so I, I knew deep down, like, there's something bigger and better to do with your life than just focus on your career. Um, but actually then starting a transition journey, like making a commitment to try and going through that, you know, with Alicia, she's been a, you know, an amazing spouse and supporter. And she, uh, she's always you know been willing to do what I want to do for my career kind of thing. Like, uh, great support from her, but we committed together that we would go through this change of slowing down, you know, um, better balance between work and life and that kind of stuff. And it, it's been a difficult thing because you kind of reset your value system, mm-hmm. you know, the way I was trained myself for a long, long time. Um, but uh, I don't know, it's, it's worked really well. You know, we're obviously nowhere near the end. You know, we're in the middle of that. That's going to be a lifelong transition, I'm sure. Yeah. It's a continued kind of battle to fight all the way through it. But um, I feel like we've made good progress, but it's been primarily through God's blessing of, you know, uh, things slowing down at Swiss Re and then some friction developing around that that I'm not sure how deeply we should get into because it was more... <laughs> Uh, faith and uh, topical uh, COVID-oriented topics that became a, a big wedge, you know, between me and that company, um, uh, which was timely in that, you know, we just all of a sudden instead of building a career, it kind of, you know, we relocated at 
stalled a little bit um, by choice, but also by external circumstance. Like I was just not willing to do mm-hmm. some stuff that uh, you know they were setting as policy, and um, that that really that, that was a difficult thing to manage relationships through that. And a, mm-hmm. what I tried to you know do with integrity and godliness was still a really difficult thing. Oh yeah. And then it all, I mean, you could, in retrospect, I just see God's fingerprints, like, here and there through it all. Like, it led to me deciding to leave Swiss Re and transition to a new company based out of Fort Wayne. You guys probably heard of it. It's Lincoln Financial Group. Yeah, my mom, big insurance my mom company. used to work there, yep. Yep. Which is, uh, it's just been a perfect kind of season to start a new chapter. When was that switch? November. Oh, very recent. Yeah, it was about six months ago. Yeah. How has how has God worked through that switch at Lincoln then? Uh he's been teaching me more. Because he, he just it takes time and patience, right, to start fresh with a company like this. And you know, at the level of the organizations that I'm I'm at, you know, where you, you have to come in in a management capacity and build influence with people and um, learn a bunch of stuff about a culture that you don't know mm-hmm. uh, and fit into that, but also try to have an impact on it at the same time. Like it, to do that in a way that is, uh, you know, approachable with people around you and not combative or, uh, you know, kind of dicey like that. Mm-hmm. That's been, for me, it's just move slow, right? Just move slow. So it's a reinforcement of what he started teaching me to just take some time and slow down i got a couple questions first question how long did you guys live in connecticut that's just a random curiosity question we were nutmeggers for just over five years what, what what's a nutmegger okay well we're hoosiers person. here oh <laughs> nutmeggers out there oh, man. did you <laughs> live you know in connecticut and not new york due to tax purposes um <laughs> Well, yes and no, uh, because that that is part of it, but it's also just the value of houses. Okay. Right? They're probably 10% more expensive on the New York side of the border versus the Connecticut side. Which is side. so wild because it's not that far apart. But Yeah, that's a place called Westchester County, just north of New York City, which is a really wealthy, ritzy place that people want to be in. Oh, okay. And it's like you just, I mean, you're just asking for punishment and taxes and costs and everything yeah it's some people like that lifestyle not for you <laughs> second question what is actuary science like what, oh, what dude, even is that? You, we might need a new podcast for that <laughs> just like a quick overview. well they basically make insurance right agents sell insurance Life insurance, health insurance, you know, property casualty, retirement stuff. Mm -hmm. But those those products have to be designed in a way that meets regulations and is robust so that, you know, the insurance companies can make good on all the promises that they make. That's the job of the actuary. Gotcha. How did you start in that? What was kind of your roles working up through the companies? How how long were you at your old company before you switched to Lincoln it ended up being 15 years there um, but I'll, I'll back up a little bit so uh, I've always had a really good academic record I graduated from Columbia City as valedictorian and had a, wow. a perfect you know kind of career at, at Purdue um, as well 
and late my senior year at high school, like I had applied to 25 different universities, just had absolutely no idea what I wanted to do with my life. And uh, was really good at math. That is a Bauer trait through and through. Um, so I was going through a scholarship interview process with uh, you know, business leaders, I think it was Junior Achievement, or, or I can't remember the exact organization, but they had local business leaders, and I ended up having this guy interview me from Lincoln. And I was kind of asking that same question, what are you planning on doing with your, your career, what do you want to do? And I was like, well, I, I like math, and my parents have always run a business. I, I, I think I'd have a mind toward business. I, you know, I, I like business as well. It's mm-hmm. like, well, you should look into actuarial science. Have you ever heard of that? And I just yeah, had a stupid look on my face. I had no idea what that was. And uh, I kid you not, in the span of an evening, so just a f- two hours worth of searching, you know, the topic after that interview, I went from an enormous amount of stress and uncertainty to knowing what I was going to do for the rest of my life. Like it was so painfully obvious that it was going to be a perfect fit for me. Um, so that's how I found that whole career path. I'd otherwise never heard of it in my entire life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I still know it's not really well understood or, or known about, but I've tried to get into like Columbia City High School and teach students about it from time to time and that kind of thing. Uh, so at Swiss, actuaries, um, some of them you can stick in a closet because they're that type of mentality, like they're just, you know, nerds just through and through, kind of not really social people. That's very much the old school of actuary. The career's gotten enough exposure over the last couple of decades that, a, you know, a newer breed, uh, more like myself, has come into it. You know, I'm going to say normal people. Jeez. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but um, a lot of actuaries do really technical math work. And I, I did that for the first year and a half or so out of school. And uh, it was fine, but it wasn't really what I wanted to do longer term. Um, so I, I jumped into sales with Swiss Re, which is mm-hmm. the opposite of actuarial work. Like, um, and I did that non-technical kind of develop your, you know, communication, sales skills, negotiation, all that kind of stuff, for ten years in different capacities. Um, getting, getting involved with mergers and acquisition work, uh, these large reinsurance transactions that we would do for capital management with our clients at Swiss Re. Um, which was where it melded really well together because yeah, I had a strong technical foundation, good problem-solving skills. And when you get into those kinds of settings, you know, these high-stakes transactions, negotiations, where there's all kinds of creativity and levers that can be pulled to deliver a solution for, you know, for a client like that, you know, it, just, uh, it was a fertile playground for me. And uh, I enjoyed doing that a lot and uh, built a reputation around it. And then moved into Swiss Re's treasury function uh, and was effectively the treasurer for the Americas the last few years that I was there. Mm-hmm. 30 or 40 different entities across lots of different countries on this hemisphere. Um, and that was me being an actuary trying to be an accountant, <laughs> which was a totally different learning curve and very challenging in its own right. Um, but uh, I don't know. Maybe that's too boring stuff. <laughs> I find it a bit interesting. You probably I like to hear about <laughs> it. I don't know what any of it means. <laughs> that that can be a different different time. Sure. For, 
for that. But yeah, how have you seen, I guess, God's, I don't know how I want to word this. How have you seen God's faithfulness through um, kind of seeking him instead of work, this this kind of new lifestyle? Yeah. Well, I, I wouldn't start there. I might I might go farther back, you know, okay. the, the, mm-hmm. the, you know the, yeah. the impact that faith and God have had on my life, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, starting back at that middle school uh, shenanigan that got us into into trouble, right? It was just after that, you know, getting a little bit more serious about following God's teachings, you know, um, making good moral decisions, and surrounding yourself with people, you know, that are, are like-minded in that capacity. It, it came home to me that if I didn't do that, things would get worse and not better. And, you know, I was blessed to have parents who uh, didn't really give me a choice in the matter either. Like they're, I mean, they're Good. godly people, and they, mm-hmm. they uh, you know, some stuff happened under their noses that they didn't realize. But then once they once that happened and they, they realized what was going on, they interceded in a strong way as well. And then I met Alicia, which was just perfect timing, right, kind of God's timing. And uh, we were perfect for each other right from the get-go. And we started uh, – she – Brought me from Dunphy to First Church, and Dunphy was a great church at the time, and it's changed names. I haven't been back there for a couple decades now, um, but it was small, right? It was small, small little yeah. town of Dunphy, and no real youth ministry at that point in time. So coming to First Church, to where even at you know back in 2000, it was it was a big youth group. Mm-hmm. Like I was like, oh wow, this is there are friends to be made here. There's fellowship to be found here, and I didn't recognize it as such, right? That it, it would ultimately be like you know, for God's, uh, God's good, but clearly, you know, God gives us opportunities to make choices that are ultimately going to lead to him. Um, and whether we realize it or not, you know, some of them are just, a lot, a lot of what he teaches us in the Bible are just good common sense ways to live, you know, like being authentic, building deep relationships with people, you know, and in a way, you know, loving your neighbor, that kind of thing. So, um, yeah, you know, we just I found a great group with First Church, Kyle Alcott, Kyle Wood, and others at that point in time, and we had um, four years of just on fire faith. This was high school and through high yeah. school, yeah, and uh, tons of personal growth through that. You know, studying the Bible and um, evangelizing, trying to do that kind of stuff, mission trips, Haiti, and the Dominican Republic, and, and that sort of thing. All such valuable experiences to invest in mm-hmm. because you learn so much more about yourself you know than you can ever really give on a trip like that but uh it's it's just a win-win thing um so i i would say through that fire uh there was some zealousness toward righteousness that i personally um found so i would describe myself as a pretty black and white person and studying the Bible quite a lot, you know, seeing this whole, I think at that point in time, a lot of I saw what I saw there was a rule book. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You know, as much as it's the love story, it was also, hey, yeah, I mean, yeah, God loves us, but we're supposed to do these things. You know, and mm-hmm. there's all these rules, um, which I took pretty seriously. And Alicia did too, you know, so you know, we, we were disciplined in uh, our relationship with each other uh, as far as physical activity and that sort of thing. And... Um, 
I, I feel like that was another one of God's blessings in the end, because when you practice discipline of whatever capacity, you know, you get better at it, and uh, it becomes a lifelong trait that will yield fruit different different capacities, whatever the you know the setting may be. Um, so I I felt like he just he made me with all these things and then led me to a setting where I could find what it all how it all clicked together, what it meant, how to live, you know, for him like that. And uh, and in our pursuit of that, and we're not perfect. I I wouldn't get anywhere near that, right? But uh, we've tried our we tried our hardest and we've tried to treat people right and make good moral decisions, live with integrity and faith. And uh, it's just been one blessing after another from God coming from all that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, you know, that I can't remember the, the, the phrasing of the original question that sourced all this, but... No, kind of uh, like you said, you said when you were working pretty hard, you didn't feel a fulfillment from that yeah. work. How have you felt fulfillment from God then? Yeah, so um, I would I would say that journey was a manifestation of selfishness. The career focus, like you do it for the right reasons, you want to provide for your family. But I mean, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna lie to myself. I was doing it because I liked the spotlight, and it was you know it was a great way for me to to be visible and you know find material success and that kind of thing, and. You know, I, I don't think that stuff's bad, right? It can become bad if you make it, a, you know, an idol. Uh, and I, I think I was at that point in time. Um, but just like I said, you know, it felt, well, okay, so you get a promotion, you get more money. It's, you, once you get to a set, a set amount of money, and it's not that much. I mean, we, I think once you can pay your bills and live with a little bit of a buffer and, you know, not have a fear of, like, making ends meet, I think money as a utility after that starts to really become less important. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it, you know, as we were finding, you know, success of uh, different different varieties there, you know, it was like it just was not really rewarding. You know, in the spotlight, yeah, you get it. But then, you know, inevitably in a career, you do something that goes unnoticed or somebody else gets the glory from something that you worked hard on or, you know, it's all a competitive setting you know, in corporate America, at least where I was. And, you know, that becomes defeating inevitably. Like, you can't win all the time. And uh, when you lose, you know, depending on the scale of that loss and what kind of impact it has on you, you know, it's, it's a lot to bounce back from, you know, and feel like you're making all the right decisions, but things outside of your control still aren't working out for you. And that, that was a good teacher as well. That, like, I could continue down this path and probably have more success, but, boy, there's a lot of unhappiness in it there's just conflict with people because there's jealousy that comes about and um you know shady stuff trying to throw people under the bus like all the political drama that you can imagine and you know corporate <laughs> management um you know so you know, I, I actually i went through a time trying to step out of the spotlight and I would say this was the beginning of a transition, right? Away from Kyle, Kyle, Kyle to, well, let's invest in other people and see 
you know, try a leadership style where we're building up people around us and, and not trying to hog all the glory mm-hmm. and see if, if not only that becomes kind of a healthier setting for everybody, but also if it becomes a way to, uh, you know, be a, a religious example. I mean, it's very uh, difficult to get into religious topics in the workplace. Oh, yeah. But I mean, if you live a certain way, like with integrity and conviction, people ultimately ask questions because you don't look and feel like the same way that people around yeah. around you are. So on, you know, on some occasions, like I would, I would get to high-level faith conversations with colleagues, and so I, I decided at that point, uh, first off, you know, to slow down, stop traveling so much being away from the family you know being kind of a disruptive career that made it hard for us to make a community around our house Alicia and the kids you know and the the small group that we hosted there like in Connecticut like it it was it was the raw material was there to kind of start making more of a community but we just hadn't because of my career we hadn't really focused on it um so I, I tried that uh slow down and invest in other people, you know, and see if that's more fulfilling and, and found some of that, but you just, it's hard to play in that space and not fall into the trap of selfishness. Um, and I, 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 I'm a selfish person. Like I, I've tried, you know, to move past that. And I know that will be my vice, my struggle for my life. Um, which is fine. Like everybody's got them, but, uh, you know, for, for me, it's just, now it's just continually try to recommit to um, slowing down, thinking about others, you know, and, and feeding the, you know, the wolf inside of you that's about other people instead of about yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, God, I think just through it working out with the relocation and then working out through some roles with Swiss Re that allowed me to avoid a heavy travel once we'd moved back, even though there were certain people that were really trying to pressure me, like back into sales because it had been a very successful capacity. I didn't want to go back on the road all the time. And, you know, we're at a season where we wanted to emphasize our kids and the golden years of parenting before they become teenagers and we lose total control as you guys interact with regularly. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, and, and just, you know, just slow down for a season and he made it all happen. And I think I would have been crushed going through that whole transition and not finding like, you know, a farm to work on. You know, not having an opportunity outside of work mm-hmm. to, you know, start building something else more, more constructive in a different capacity. Yeah. So he's given me an outlet, you know, to uh, scratch the itches that he made me with and uh, transition away from soul focus on career in the process. He's provided well, it sounds like, pretty perfect timing all through and through. Perfect timing. Yeah. It's time and noises. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm a little lighthearted question. What do you like to do for fun? Golf. Yeah. All right, we're golfing this summer. Yeah. I'll go hit the course with you. What's your uh, favorite course to play in the area? Around here? Hmm. You know, uh, probably Coyote Creek. Okay. It's forgiving. 
<laughs> wide open off the tee box. So no, I've never played there. Um, our buddy's grandpa, part owner of it, though. Oh. So cool. We could figure out a way. But yeah. I was uh, a member there with Trent Shively for a year before you know. Within timing wise, I actually moved out to Connecticut. Mm-hmm. It was like the best golf year of my life. Got down to a reasonable <laughs> handicap and. Um, I did join a club out in Connecticut for a year. It was a lot more expensive out there, but it was oh, I, I 2020. <laughs> so we like everybody had a ton of free time on their hands in 2020, and mm-hmm. the golf courses were one of those rare things that actually stayed open. Just uh, with the noodle in the cup, that exactly made no sense. In fact, <laughs> one of my favorite golf stories is uh, I think I might have had an albatross once. Did it hit the noodle? Was <laughs> I was. A, 275 yards away i couldn't see if it rolled like right over the noodle (laughs) in the cup because it was if this was the hole you know on a par five off of my second shot my ball was like right here oh wow and i'd hit from over here right so like it (laughs) it it's like it went right over the cup but it didn't drop in because the noodle was was there and no one's on the green to tell you i was out there golfing by myself i like the covid rules <laughs> smoke, smoke your putt off the flagstick and call it a birdie. That was a good time. Yep. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, I would love to go golf. It is. It has been a victim of uh, the last year and a half of running a day job with uh, Swiss Re or Lincoln, and then a, a second job with the farming activities, mm-hmm. plus all the kids' activities on top of that. Um, so maybe if we go, bring Colston along. Oh yeah, That'd be fun. Or like. If any guys are listening, we just had like a men's ministry breakfast. You were farming during it, but like if yep. guys were in, interested in golf, maybe we could get a group going or something. Just a good, good way to connect with people. That's kind of what this is all about: getting people's interest stories out there. And if you guys want to golf with Kyle or us, just let us know. We can make it happen. Yeah, that'd be awesome. <laughs> that'd be really cool. A golf ministry. <laughs> um another hobby is mountain biking but cross-country stuff not like the crazy downhill jumps and you're not a jumper no, oh my gosh no, <laughs> I would. although if you ask trent again i tried to coax him out on the mountain biking course once and he saw me attempt a, a jump that ended in disaster so <laughs> my one shot at uh convincing my good buddy there to do something regularly with me and i think i sent him the other direction so. <laughs> <laughs> but that's one thing Colston got into too. Okay. Uh, that's, you know, as you get older and get into fatherhood, if you're blessed, you know, with, with that, it's awesome having a son that you can invest into and do these sorts of things and daughters as well. Mm-hmm. But, um, uh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And you said earlier before this, your wife, um, stays home and homeschools the children. How's that been? She loves it. They love it. It's great flexibility in the schedule. Great learning for them because it basically is one-on-one tutoring all day long. Mm-hmm. You know, instead of, I know not everybody can do it, and not that many people want to do it. But uh, you know, Alicia and I came up to the public school system, so I, I've got nothing against it. But I, we've just found such a great way in homeschooling, mm-hmm. and uh, there again like COVID changed a lot. There's a number of families that do it now and that's its own separate kind of community that we found uh, great relationships in. So 
Well, so. you work from home a few days a week too, and many others do, which make it a lot more applicable to. That is true, but one thing I am awful at is teaching. So <laughs> I, uh, I let Alicia handle that. <laughs> not the math? You're not going to? I've helped on occasion, but okay. uh, yes, only, only when it's slow at work and I'm in a patient mood. Alicia told me you're a really good math tutor, though. I mean, she, <laughs> <laughs> she knows from experience. <laughs> I don't think she was interested in math. <laughs> she didn't care about the algebra too, Josh. Oh, no. Nah. <laughs> it's a classic story of failing the tests on purpose and then asking the the cute guy or girl to tutor you in class. <laughs> I never did that. I was always a genius, but... Well. All right. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, sounds like you have traveled a lot in your life. Um, we ask all of our guests the same closing question, um, so I'm pretty interested to hear yours. Um, what is your dream trip or dream vacation? And we want to know where you're going, who you're bringing, what you're doing. Um, there's not monetary restrictions or anything. It's all a dream. I lived in Europe for four months. Really? Traveled over there quite a lot with Alicia and Colston at the time, and we found a lot of great places. Fell in love with Italy and the Tuscan region. Uh, traveled all across the U.S. for business meetings in all major cities, almost all states, lower 48. Uh, but all of that traveling and frequent trips over to, you know, Europe when I was with Swiss Re, because they're you know, headquartered globally in Zurich, I, I would say the easy answer here was Maui, hmm. going out to the beautiful islands in Hawaii. Um, for my 10-year anniversary at Swiss, they had an awesome perk get like a sabbatical one month got to take it all at once actually force people to just disappear from the office and reset huh and so uh alicia and i um kids were probably at that point what 20 2018 i think yeah so seven five and three um we hadn't really had a vacation without them since they'd been born mm -hmm. so we uh we're living in Connecticut at the time, drove to Indiana like we always did, dropped the kids off at Nana and Papa's, flew out to San Diego for a couple of days, and then out to Maui for uh, a little over a week, and just had a totally magical experience there. Yeah. I mean, it's just a beautiful place, um, great food, you know, just total freedom for us at that particular you know, juncture, you know, not having the kids, and we'd love to go back. But... While I would say it's a vacation you do without kids, Alicia's absolutely dead set on us taking them with us next time. Okay, so. <laughs> Maui with the kids. Wow. What are you guys doing there? Hiking? Mountain biking? Yeah. Uh, Haleakala is the, the main volcano on okay. that island. And you can drive right up it. And it's actually a pretty short drive. It's like one of the steepest ascents you can make in a car in the globe. Huh. You just chicane back and forth and go like <laughs> straight up. It's awesome. But once you get up there, you can look down into the crater and they've got the sliding sands hiking trail. And it looks like the surface of Mars. Like you're looking at this otherworldly landscape. It's breathtaking because you're above the clouds. 
but you can see the tops of them and you can see this like crazy eerie landscape and uh, I'd like to go back and hike it like we didn't really hike that trail last time why not um, we went up in the afternoon and by the time we got up there it was probably 3 or 4 p.m. Uh, it was getting dark I don't know I want to say 7 you need like a whole day oh, okay. to get there and then the whole trail is downhill until you get you know to where you got to turn around and every single step back is uphill and you're at 10,000 some feet elevation with basically no acclimation so it's a pretty physical thing to do as well um you should mountain bike it yeah (laughs) (laughs) the other thing we did there which i would highly recommend is a lot of people do the sunrise we actually stayed for the sunset and then for the night sky coming up because it's one of the clearest skies you'll see anywhere on the planet. Why is that? Because it's so high. Oh. Uh, and in fact, there's an observatory at that same elevation. You can see it from where like the, the trailhead is for that, that trail. You can't go access it, but you're basically looking at the stars at the same height as they've got an, you know, a world-leading observatory hmm. established. And it, it was unlike anything I've ever seen. Really? So you see all of God's beautiful creation, get to take that in, and then yep. you would get time with the family. That sounds awesome. Yep. That's, not, that's my favorite answer we've had so far. Is it not yours? I don't remember all of them. Oh, well, we can't all remember them all. You don't remember all of them. <laughs> but yeah, Kyle, thank you so much for sharing and opening up to us about your life and who you are. Um, do you have any closing thoughts remarks uh thank you guys appreciate the opportunity you know we moved back here and are trying it we moved back to a place we know right with lifelong friends yeah. and a, a real comfortable environment but at the same time like we moved back here to try to plug into this community and help build it but it, you know that's that's team effort so i love you know seeing the church contribute to that and trying to be a part of it all but if anybody out there is looking you know to to make community happen let's touch base yeah yeah for sure reach out to kyle um you can comment or you can find his information it's not it's not hard yeah drive on up the house <laughs> during the daytime probably <laughs> daytime don't hit any cows yeah. <laughs> he has a new cattle guard so you won't hit him you, you'll still hit the cows if they're in the driveway why would they be in the driveway because they're cows they do what they want yeah you walk. just let them go in the driveway? Oh, yeah. They meander all through the pasture. The driveway goes I'm right gonna s- the pasture. We're cow tipping you. Do you, know, do you know what the cattle guard does? Thank you so much for watching and listening, people. Um, we appreciate you guys. Like Kyle and we have said, we just have hearts to grow community. Um, share people's stories and just, um, yeah, connect with you guys, hopefully, virtually or digitally, however you want to view or listen. Um, yeah (laughs) thank you guys for um, tuning in we will see you next time on the outreach project peace peace cheers you have to say peace peace